Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, well, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Uh, this is me again, Dan Panetti, and uh, I'm super thrilled. I've got a great guest here. I'll introduce him in a minute. Um, I do have a little, um, what do you call it, just like uh, um, stuff that I need to kind of get out of the way. I'm not recording this in a studio anymore. Um, I'm actually sitting in my office <laughs> with my buddy Jacob here, um, and we've got a microphone in between us, and I, I wanted to get a more authentic feel um, to get us out of the studio and just uh, go into different people's homes or offices or things like that. So uh, listeners, if you hear something like a phone ring or somebody knocks on the door or the air conditioner kicks in, um, I'll just apologize ahead of time because uh, this is not going to be studio quality, uh, but hopefully it'll be, um, we'll say, good enough. Right. Um, and that's that's the uh, the point we're going to have. Anyway, uh, but today, uh, Jacob Browning is my guest. Um, he actually works at the church that I go to. Uh, and uh, uh, my kids uh, actually at the school got to hear him do a chapel. And they're like, uh, my daughter's like, Dad, you got to you got to listen to this guy, uh, Jacob. He, he just had an incredible story. And uh, and I got to hear a little bit more about his story. I got to uh, meet he and his wife, uh, you know, the other night. And we've uh, we've become good friends, and I, I really, really love his story. And it, it kind of leads into the idea, when we talk about training for manhood, um, one of the words that comes up is like this idea of masculinity. What, is it, what does it mean to be a man? Right? What are the qualities or attributes um, regarded as characteristics of men? And when I think about that, right, I know a lot of people kind of answer that question as, well, you know, men are going to be strong. But yeah. what, what does that mean, right? Yeah. Does that mean that men have to bench 300 pounds? That's what it means to be a man? I think the answer to that is no. Yeah. Um, you know, men have to be uh, loud and boisterous, right? You know, domineering. Uh, men have to be a warrior. And when I, when I think of that, right, a verse comes to mind, right, in Psalm uh, 127, uh, where, the, where the psalmist talks about, right, that um, children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Mm -hmm. And so the Bible gives you this, this concept, right, like that men are warriors. And I ran across a passage one time that said, uh, arrows in the hands of a warrior, not arrows in the hands of a wimp. Uh, if you can't bend the bow, don't make the arrows. Mm. And so that that mentality of what it means to be a man, right, is that you know men aren't wimps, and so we're this you know we're this strong personality. Um, but Jacob, your story kind of fits in line with kind of fleshing that out a little bit. Like, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean uh, to be a wimp? Right? right. Like, yeah, you, you don't right. want to be a wimp, right? right? So you know you got to fight against that. Uh, and you were raised. Right, not to be a wimp, of course. Um, but that can sometimes lead you to kind of like that pendulum swinging too far on the other side. So, Jacob Browning is my guest. Jacob, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Uh, quick shout out to the Panettis, amazing hosts. Uh, love them. Not even just hosting this podcast right now, but got to go over, had a wonderful meal for us, treated my family. So, special love to you and Trisha and your family. I'm so grateful for you guys. Super great. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so tell us a little bit about just your story, right? right? Young man growing up in Georgia? In rural South Georgia, right there in the heart of it. Um, I think that the best way to start off, uh, so to tell everyone a little bit about where I came from, um, my home was one of, unfortunately, uh, me and my sister and my mom, we experienced physical abuse from my dad on a regular basis growing up. And I think that a really good place to start and kind of 
talking about some of that will be the first time that my dad actually was physically abusive to me. Mm. So I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Uh, there was this kid on the school bus um, that he came by one day, and I was maybe second or third grade, mm-hmm. and uh, I was doing what kids do. My mom had given me a couple dollars for a snack at recess, and I was playing with those $2 bills, and this kid came by. He was an older kid on the school bus, and I had it out playing with it, and he came by and just grabbed it out of my hands and kept walking. Um, and I was like, well, what do I do now? Right. A lot bigger than me. What am I going to do? Well, the next day, um, the kid came by, and he, this day, asked for it. And being afraid, I gave it to him. Third day goes around, I asked my mom for two more dollars. I'm going <laughs> to circumvent this system, okay? I can't, this kid's going to, you know, he's going to you know, kick my butt if I don't give him this money. But I wanted to have money myself, so I asked mom for a couple more dollars. And somehow my dad got word of this, either mm. from mom or whatever. Yep. And here was the situation my dad had put me in. He said, uh, son... Men don't allow for other people to take advantage of them. If I don't get a call from the school tomorrow that you have not taken matters into your own hands, and by that he meant physically, right. then you're going to wish you had. And I knew what that meant. Right. right. Well, the next day, Dan, I remember being overwhelmed with fear. Yeah. I mean, truly, if a 9 or 10-year-old can, or you know, however old you are in second or third grade, if fear, if... Um, Hopelessness is something that you can feel. I was feeling that. Mm. There was no victory in this situation for me. Right. So uh, I was too afraid to do it. And um, that day when I got home from school, my dad met me at the door. And he said, uh, didn't I tell you if I didn't get a call from school today? What happened? And I said, I was too afraid. And that was the first time my dad was physically abusive to me. Yeah. And the next day... Um, I don't even think I let the kid get all the way to me almost. I almost approached him on the school bus. And I stood up and we got into a physical altercation. But here's what the interesting thing that happened was, and this is what impacted me for years. When I got to school, of course, the school bus driver walks us to the principal's office. And uh, spoiler alert, everybody, just so you know, don't give me any credit for this. I totally got a whooping twice, one from my dad and from this guy, okay? Um, so it, this is by no means a Hallmark movie at all in my life. They called my dad and he came and, uh, I remember him walking straight past the administration office there and walked straight to the principal's office and he picked me up and he put me on his chest and I remember him, uh, uh stroking my hair mm. in the back while he looked at the principals. He whispered into my ears, son, I'm so proud of you. Okay. And we left there. He went and bought me uh, a blizzard from Dairy Queen, yeah. and we hung out for the rest of the day. Yeah. Now, here's why that impacted me on such a deep level. Was my dad was teaching me that men domineer the situation one way or the other, yeah. right? To whatever end. And I learned that the way that I'm supposed to express my emotions, fear, whatever, is through physicality. As I'm growing up, you know, that might be, I mean, it's already bad to do it as a nine or 10 year old to think that's okay. But as you get older, the ramifications of those choices get more and more serious. Sure. Middle school happens, high school happens, college happens. And uh, what all this kind of comes to a head as far as the physicality and how I'm expressing myself, what I think men should do things is I actually got into a really bad bar fight. 
and to where um, I had to have two brain surgeries and one reconstructive skull surgery. The left side of my head is now titanium. Um, and uh, I almost lost my life doing this. So um, anybody out there, right, that thinks that this is a uh, plausible way to live your life, this is something that men just do, you know, watch out world, I'm coming in to domineer the situation. Um, I'm here to say that that, um, that was definitely not the correct take for masculinity yeah. uh, for me. Now, um, I do come to meet Christ later in my life, okay. right? I was 24 whenever I met the Lord, and that instant that, or that situation that I just discussed was uh, my freshman year of college. So I was 19 years old whenever uh, that happened, and I would love to tell you that that was a spiritual awakening for me. However, Dan, you have no idea how hard-headed I really am. Mm. Um <laughs> Took a little while longer. It took a little a while longer. Uh -huh. um, there was a few more hard lessons that the Lord was going to let me learn and use in His approaching to me, or excuse me, His waking me up that I've always been here. Right. Rather, right. Um, that happened five years later. Okay, so here, here's something. I've got I've got some thoughts, and I think, sure. right, if I were listening to this, right, as a as a you know 15, 16 year old guy, mm -hmm. right, there's some thoughts going through my head. One one is just the idea of. Um, there's a difference, I think, between um, you know your dad picking up saying, "Hey, I'm proud of you mm. for using physical violence, right, um, against a person, right, just because," uh, and the idea of like standing up for something that would be an injustice, yeah. right? Um, because I've had I've had my boys in the same conversation, right? I'm raising three boys and a daughter, um, and I've I've told my boys, right, that if if somebody would do something uh, that would put somebody uh, in harm, right. right, that I would expect them to stop that person, right? right? Um, I would expect them first to talk to that person and say, hey, we don't we don't do that here, right? right? To you know let let's use words, right, before we use anything else, of course. Um, but you know if if because uh, I've got a daughter, right, and I'm just like if anybody touches my daughter, I would expect my boys. Right to use physical violence right. to make sure that they protected her. Now that's a very different concept when sure you start is. thinking about right the way that your dad was training you, mm -hmm. right? Because I think there's a there's a time and a place right that force has to be used right. if, if force is right my last resort. Right. Right. But if it's if it's used to get ahead for something, if it's right. used right just to as you said domineer another person, mm -hmm. right? And that's what we think of manhood. Well, mm -hmm. that's right. That's a very different concept. Sure. Right. Then, you know, when scripture talks about, you know, that we're going to protect the weak and we're going to protect the innocent, we're going to speak up for those who don't speak up for themselves. And we see that throughout scripture. Right. Right. That that concept, God will use force. Right. To restrain evil. Evil. Well, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. So that's a different concept. The other thing, um, you know, you talked about like you didn't become a Christian until you were later. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden you get the idea that now we, you know, we have the ideas, well, before, sure. right, Jacob was a, you know, he's a strong, rough and tumble kind of guy. And then he comes to Christ and now he's kind of soft, right, and, you know, malleable. And, and that's not the case, right? No. That, that idea isn't like, hey, I came to Christ now. Right. You know, hey, we put the gloves up and we don't yeah. ever, you know, throw fists or anything, right? We don't throw hands or anything here. <laughs> so but, I, I didn't right, but go it's a for... It's a different definition right. of... So I didn't go from like, you know, camouflage cargo pants to skinny jeans with a bunch of holes in them, right? Like I'm still the yeah. same guy. Still the same guy. But what God has done in me is he has yes. redeemed my idea of yeah. what does it look like to come into a situation. Uh, hopefully it is the last chance resort, you know, using violence, right. of course. But right. um, now it's not my first impulse, Yeah. right? Now it's, that's the last resort. The last thing I ever want to do is go there in my head again, right? right. 
versus being the first and only conflict resolution I knew. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I think I think we so often see that, right, in, you know, Hollywood and its depiction of, of a young man. Sure. Right. As he grows up, somehow in there, right, he has to fight over obstacles. He right. has to fight against depression. Right. right? And, and using that concept of fighting, he uses physical physical violence. It makes for a great movie. Right. Good caricature. Right? Yeah. Good, good caricature. Right. We You know, we talk about our superheroes. Right. right. And that idea, right, that they're fighting. But that idea of fighting against an injustice is one thing. Mm-hmm. The concept of just making a person who's violent and fighting is a totally different concept. Absolutely. Right? And those ideas have to be separated if we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a man. Mm-hmm. Right? A man isn't somebody who just fights when he doesn't get his way. Right. Right? Or fights when somebody, you know, wants to take, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that, that concept is I will fight against an injustice, right, and mm-hmm. I won't back down. But the question of what am I standing on and what am I standing for is really the, the ultimate question that you have to ask and answer. Right. Right. Why Why are you fighting? What mm-hmm. are you fighting for? And I think that's one of the things, right, um, that I, in listening to your story, right, mm-hmm. I wish that your dad had done for you. Right. Right. Son, what, what that boy is doing to you is not right. Let's talk about different ways that we can right address this particular situation right right let let me help you as a dad kind of navigate this mm-hmm. right and if you feel like somebody's putting you into a situation where hey i can't do anything but fight right back to the corner right. right it's okay to protect yourself if you have to right but there's a lot of different things we can you know do before we get to that particular right. point and i think that's a difficult thing yeah. a lot of dads just aren't having that conversation with their sons yeah. right their boys pick up Right. Hey, yeah. my dad wants me to fight. My dad wants me to stand up for myself. This is what it looks like. And unfortunately, you produce a young man, right, who doesn't know how to stand for something. He just knows how to fight. Right. So right. interesting concept. Um, I I was thinking. Um, there's a verse in First Corinthians. Uh, Paul's writing. He says this verse. He says, "Watch therefore, stand firm in the faith." Be brave men, be strong. So this is all really cool so far, mm-hmm. right? Love yeah. the verse, right? Mm-hmm. And he says this. He says, "Let all your things be done in love." Right. And so the, the concept, right, of even when Paul's describing, you know, being strong and being brave, right, he still frames that in the concept of, of loving another person. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the idea, right, that that your story brings to my mind is, right, if somebody's doing something um, that is even wrong or harmful, right, how do we demonstrate to that person that God loves them? Yeah. Right. And I think that's the idea is we don't allow people to do things that are wrong or harmful right. if it's within our power to say no don't do that right right but beating up another kid right doesn't say hey god loves you no right you know demonstrating to them that what you're doing is wrong mm-hmm. demonstrating that what you're doing is not proper demonstrating that you're made in the image of god and this is not how you're supposed to act right that's our ultimate goal right right and so i think that's a that's a concept that kind of comes up to me right from a, a standpoint of if I want to train a young boy to be a man, right. right, I know that there's an opportunity, right, that you may have to use force for something. Sure. But the question of when and how and what for, right, is the thing that I think a lot of us don't really wrestle with. Oh, yeah. I think that one of the things that we're kind of hitting on that's, I think, pretty pretty palpable probably to most listeners is this idea of pride, mm-hmm. right? Right. Pride is every man's worst enemy, Amen. right? But it can every be every person's worst enemy. Every definitely, person, definitely sure. for manhood, sure. There, but yes, every person's worst enemy. So, like for example, one of the things my dad used to say a lot would be, "No boy of mine will." Okay. Now, now notice what's happening in a yep. statement like yep. that, right? Is there's this odd familial familial uh, colloquialism that's drawn me in to say, 
if you act this way, there's no way you belong to me. Right. Now, uh, that's a prideful posture of his heart, right? But it also instilled pride in me, yeah. right? To yeah. go, well, then I need to be this type of whatever. Yeah. The, the thing that I want to make sure that everyone is well aware of, though, is that, you know, notice that there's one thing that Paul particularly was willing to boast in. He boasted in his weakness. Sure. Versus boasting in some sort of his perceived strength. strength. That's right. Right. You see, the boasting that we find in Paul is his ability to go, here's how much I can do and look at how much God is doing beyond that. Yeah. Right. So I remember this part where Paul is writing and he's got this thing that's going on in his life. We don't know if it's spiritual, emotional or physical, but he asked God to take it away three times. And God responds to Paul and says, I'm not going to take it away. My grace is sufficient for you, for I am made strong in your weakness. And that's the thing that Paul is boasting in. Right. So boasting pride, they go hand in hand. I think that there is a pride that we can have as Christian men that actually honors God. Rather than going, well, no, if if I'm not in charge of this situation, I need to make sure that I am. That's right. That's right. You know, in fact, one of the other verses that comes to mind that Paul made, Paul, Paul's great at this, right? Come on. When he talked about, um, I can do all things through God who strengthens me, uh, yeah. right? And we, and we use that as a verse, in a sense, to propel ourselves to demonstrate that the focus is, I can do all things, mm-hmm. right? So I can win the championship because... You know, because God's given me the strength. It's, it's really not. Right? Looks great on a football T-shirt. Right? <laughs> but the interesting thing is if you think about what Paul is actually writing about, right, that I can do all things through God who strengthens me, God's actually giving you the strength to do the things that you can't do on your own. There we go. Right? So he's not talking about, well, you know, I can throw the football 40 yards, but with God I can throw it 60. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> no. That's, that's not the point. No. The point is uh, imagine if your life, if, if there's somebody who you can't forgive in the flesh, Mm-hmm. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, because you've been forgiven much, now you can forgive much. Right. Right. So as Paul is telling you, hey, you want to boast in your strength, boast in the strength of God that he can do things in you that you can't do on your own. Exactly. Right. Which is, of course, what you said. Right. Is It's it's boasting in your weakness. Mm-hmm. Right. Dan, Dan Panetti can't do this. But with God, I can. Sure. Right. Dan Panetti isn't patient. But with God. I can be patient in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. Dan Panetti doesn't love his enemies, but with God, I can in this situation, right. right? So that's that's the concept of what's amazing, right? For a man, right, to be able to be comfortable in his weaknesses mm-hmm. because that's where God's going to be strong, Amen. right? And not to stick there, not to say, I, I know a, a buddy of mine is like, you know, I just, I lack patience. That's just kind of my nature, Right. I'm like, yeah, but here's the deal. But that's not God's nature. Right. So he can change you from where you are. Mm -hmm. Right. And make you and mold you into the image of his son. Right. If you would allow him to do that. Yeah. Right. So if you if you come at a situation where, you know, I lack patience. Right. I have a a terrible temper. I'm yelling all the time. Right. All these different things. And you're like, how do I change those things? Well, here's the deal. God's in the business, right, of changing people's hearts. Of course. he is. Right. So he doesn't he doesn't take you where you are and just leave you there. Right. He takes you where you are and then allows you to change. Right. As you surrender those areas of weakness to him. And to any young guys that are out there listening to this or really actually this is timeless is, you know, any time that we lie to ourselves and pretend that we can be stagnant. Right. To go, oh, well, I'm I'm just this way. I'm fine. Just the Uh, way I am. You as a worshiping being are never stagnant. You're always moving one of two directions. So don't lie to yourself and go, oh, well, in this area of life, I'm, I'm remaining constant. 
you know, the Bible talks about the ability for us to harden our hearts. Right. Now, typically in the Bible, I do want to make sure this is clear, that that is normally used in reference to non-believers. However, I do see that there are certain, if you think of your heart as a large house, there are certain rooms that we knew that Jesus was coming over and we fixed everything up so it looks really good in that room, right? right. So we'd love for Jesus to come in that room because look, Jesus, uh, look at how wonderful this is. Don't, isn't this a great room? But everybody, look, the Brownings are guilty, okay? And I'm not going to speak for the Panettis because our house <laughs> looked amazing. But the Brownings have a throwaway room where there's all the junk is in there and everything that we don't want other people to see, we put it in that room. That's normally the room in your heart you don't invite God into. And that's the part, that's the difference between boyhood and manhood is opening the door of that room, allowing for God through his scriptures, through his Holy Spirit to correct that room, to fix that room up to where you're no longer hiding parts of you or lying to yourself and going, nah, that's just my nature. Yeah. Okay. So two, two more things I want to address. Okay. Uh, the first is, right, we, we talked about this idea um, that masculinity, right, isn't just about being violent, isn't just about being domineering, yep. right? Um, there's there's a quote by Thomas Watson, who's by by far my favorite, right, Christian author. He's got a, a fantastic book. Um, this one is in the uh, the character of an upright man. He says the upright man pours the golden oil of mercy into the wounds of others, right? And so, kind of just the opposite of the way that a lot of young men are raised, right, in producing or providing wounds to others. Right. What Watson says is, right, manhood is defined by the guy who goes and provides healing to the wounds of others. Mm -hmm. Right. And we see that in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. right? Uh, who came, you know, not to be served, but to serve. Yeah. Right. Who brings that hope and that healing. Right. They call them, you know, the balm of Gilead. And I think that's a that's an interesting concept to think about. Right. Is as a man, I have an opportunity to actually bring healing to people mm -hmm. right so even even the bully on the bus who's you know who's stealing my money right you're like right. hey you got to teach a kid to stand up well here's yeah. the deal a bully on the bus is a person who who's bullying because why because right they're domineering for some reason they're trying to get attention for some reason they're trying mm -hmm. to put others down to make them feel better for some reason can you imagine being able to stand up to that individual right and speak truth to them now mm -hmm. i know maybe not a second grader right? <laughs> right. you know maybe just like hey let's get a different bus or let's you know talk to him but imagine as a man as you go through life you're going to run into those domineering bullies you're going to you're going to work for them right you're going to you know have that guy as a neighbor who that's all they know right. right is you just keep on pushing you just keep on hitting and imagine if you're the man who who is confident enough to walk into a situation Right. And to be able to speak truth into that situation and say, hey, you don't have to live like this. Right. Right. There's a different way of doing life. Right. If you surrender that concept of masculinity. Right. To right, what God writes about in his word, you get a totally different definition of a man. Absolutely. Right? We can still be a great warrior. I look at right. I look at David. Right. And he's like, you know, he hey, he's a warrior king. Right. And he's out there slaying giants. Right. Right. But he also has a sensitivity and a tenderness in his heart. Right. Uh, one of my favorite stories. Right. Is just when he becomes king. Right. He looks for somebody in Saul's family to bless. Mm. Right. And mm. he, he's like, hey, is there anybody left in Saul's family? Right. And they're like, well, we got, you know, Mephibosheth and he's a, he's a crippled guy out there. And, you know, and David's like, well, send him in. Sure. Right. Go get him and bring him in here. And he's going to eat at my table for the rest of his life. Right? right. And there's a there's a right. David's not a perfect example. No. Right. But he's got this sensitivity and this tenderness in his heart. Right. That even as king, when you have the authority right, to push everybody down. He doesn't do that. He right. goes and he blesses somebody that he doesn't need to bless. And that's one of my favorite things. Um, but question for you, 
right? Um, you're from Georgia, right? right? And uh, you've got a son now, mm-hmm. right? That you're you're raising, <laughs> you're you know, little boy. Mm-hmm. Just from a sports standpoint, okay, right? I, I thought about something that was kind of interesting. Um, your wife is a gymnast, yes, she right? Is. So what if your son wanted to go into gymnastics as opposed to going into football? Mm-hmm. From a dad standpoint, being a you know you know Georgia boy, right, right. What do you think about that concept? Because it kind of fits with that whole idea of masculinity, right? And can you be a man, right? And you know be a good cook. Can you be a man and you know go into ballet? Can right. you be a man, right? Those kind of questions, yep. you know, I think we need to wrestle with. What do you, what are your thoughts as you're just thinking about it? That's a great question. I think that whenever I am looking at, I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade, mm-hmm. a stereotypically feminine. Uh, hobby or sport or right, whatever it may right. be. If a man wants to go into that space, what I think that the man does for that space, if he's doing it God's way, is he's going in and he is um, doing with every bit of him, yeah. right? If my son's name is Jonah, if Jonah, whenever he's old enough and he looks at me and he says, dad, I want to do gymnastics, then what he, what I'm going to be instilling in him is that son, the way that you honor God, the way you honor the way that you have his image, the way you honor your masculinity is you go into this situation and you embrace it wholeheartedly. Yeah. The people around you, you treat in a meek way. Another word that we've been kind of like tossing around, right? right. Power no, under no, control. Not weak. Not weak, <laughs> meek. That's yes. exactly right. Great word, yep. Um, and as you go into this space, right, that as you pursue it with every bit of you, with hard work and with diligence, um, watch how the doors will open up. Yeah. I sincerely mean this about my son. I, I played college baseball. My wife was a high-level gymnast. We have an athletic vibe to our home, right? Mm-hmm. It's impacted us on deep, deep levels. Right. I would assume my son is going to want to do some sort of sport. I don't care what he does. I don't care if he's in the band. What he's going to know from me is, one, son, I expect you to pursue it with every bit of you. And number two, you better believe that me and your mom are going to be with you the whole way. And yeah. we're going to provide the best opportunities for you to do that or do our best to. So as far as embracing stereotypically non-masculine things like that, not really on my radar. What is on my radar is making sure that he is the right kind of masculine in whatever he does. I love that. It's a really, really good way to put it. So there you go. That's a great conversation. Jacob, I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate you sharing your story. Sure. Um, I know it's been a a difficult journey for you, but God, right, redeems those years, right? They say that the locust is eaten. And so um, it's amazing to watch Right, just kind of that transformation right. from uh, from a young man coming out of that situation to now mm-hmm. being a father and being able to pass on a different uh, concept of masculinity to his son. Praise the God that does not waste hurt. Right. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.